You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coble. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK? Europe Calling. Well, it's um, it's very grey here today. There's going to be rain without shadow of doubt. And um, it's gone a bit colder. So I'm going to go down to uh, Alfaz, Lanuthia area, and uh, find out what it's like down there. So first and foremost, Neil, how are you and what's your weather like? All right, Vince. Uh, it's very dark and cloudy, and it, we've got that breeze up, and it's a, it's a, it's a northerly wind. It's chilly. But yeah. uh, I went for my walk this morning, and then it's just gone darker and darker now. Uh, so we won't get some rain here, definitely. Well, I, I'm in my studio and uh, I've been chatting with Eric, and so obviously um, I've not been out yet, but I will go out. Even if it rains, I'll go out and have a walk. Uh, right, Neil, I think we better talk about the football before we go anywhere because uh, there's <laughs> something very something very weird happened over the weekend because, quite frankly, uh, I just suspect there's more than football going on. I don't know about you. I just feel it was so ridiculously simple for Liverpool to go and win 5-0. It didn't make any sense to me. What did you make of it? Well, I mean, you, you couldn't knock Liverpool one bit there. The passing, the movement off the ball, everything about Liverpool on Sunday was an absolute dream. The back four and the midfield of Man U were, were non-existent. They were just like cardboard cutouts. I mean, this Maguire thinks he's now the greatest midfield player in the world, but he, he don't know how to defend anymore. What's, you know, it, to be honest, it was an absolute rout. Yeah. OK. All right, well, um, basically, I just feel that things are so weird that it would not surprise me at all uh, to find out there's more to that than, than met the eye. But there we are. I just have this horrible feeling that everything is planned at the moment. So we're going to go straight to the news in the UK. And the, the first one I want to look at is that uh, the NHS moves one step closer to a strike over pay. Union will ballot medics about taking industry in action now over insulting 3% salary hike as health staff demand five times more so um what do you reckon is going Here on we go again yeah liberal liberal try and work everything to ridiculous proportions um, uh, but when they keep telling about it uh, who, who's gonna pay for it you know that that's the thing but there's a there's a uh, Chancellor's up. Is it Wednesday? Is, is on is it the budget on yeah Wednesday? i think is it, it is thursday? thursday i think they normally have it don't they yeah, and he's chucking money at people now, you know, to try and get people back going as normal, if we can call it still normal with this alleged coronavirus spikes and this, that and the other. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it, it just makes me laugh. Now, we, now we're 500 bus drivers short of summit. How does that work? There, there, were, there were hundreds of them before that couldn't get work, and now we're 500 short. Oh, it, it's... Yeah, every, every time you put the news on, 
it's just depressing. You're better off staying on Sky Sports News and having good news about Liverpool. Yeah. Well, you're right. Uh, you're right about what you're saying, but of course, the answer is to not look. It means they can just carry on doing what they're doing, and and the thing is now. People are taking a bit more notice of the news. Um, but if you haven't got the, shall we say, the balanced way of looking at it, you know, basically that um, it just gets sillier and sillier. And you don't know where the hell yeah. it's all going to end up, do you? Exactly. It, it, I mean, Labour keep coming up with, you know, all this, this, that and the other. But they've got no ideas or no... You know, no. Well, how do we get out? Of, you know, you know. So somebody's got to take it on. I mean, I mean, I feel sorry for Boris in a way that he just gets going into it, and then all, all hell breaks loose. And you know, this with this coronavirus thing. Well, I, so, sus- I suspect Labour don't, don't, don't have an alternative, and neither does the Greens and the Liberals and and all them lot. They're all as quiet as mouses but they all want to put a big chip in every now and again. I'm going to look at some of the comments underneath that uh, story about the NHS. Shocked at the number of horrible comments. This is somebody, HGS. They're asking for a pay rise to fall in line with the rate of inflation, which has risen faster than their pay in the past few years. It's not unreasonable. We all need the NHS in our lifetime, if not for ourselves, then for our families. There's certainly, rough, uh, there's certainly enough money for the MPs to have their pay rise each year. Um, and I tend to be a little bit sympathetic that people are now seeing that this is ridiculous when you've got all these sort of MPs and the, the top end all giving themselves fantastic money. And yet, when you've looked at uh, all last year, you know, people out clapping the NHS, it's nonsensical to expect people to, to do what has now become according to what they're telling us, the most important job and not paying for it. And there's another comment which I thought was interesting, which was, I worked in a supermarket throughout the pandemic. My pay rise was 0.3%. No final salary scheme, no free takeaways, no NHS discounts and no free food parcels. NHS is fast becoming a bottomless pit of selfishness. Um, I think there's. Go on, sorry, go on. Well, there's trickery going on here as well, because quite frankly, everybody knows that in a general sense, anybody who works in medical, um, NHS, anything like that, they are good people, and most of them are really, really working hard and just, you know, just about paying the bills, whereas these ridiculous salaries that they're given to the footballers and the other things that are going on, uh, it doesn't make any sense at all. This is, for me, part of the reset, which is necessary. Um, you, you know, when Mo Salah is talking about £500,000 a week, when you know that a footballer is already yeah. around that sort of figure, then uh, when somebody yeah. is, is on the sort of money that they get as a nurse and a doctor and the, all the other people, professional people, and people throughout the whole of the land doing good jobs, no matter what your job is, cleaning the streets. If you don't get the streets cleaned, you wait and see just how bad it gets. I really think that we need a good shake-up of our values when you've got people playing the stock exchange as if, you know, that's the most important thing in the world. What do you think? 
Well, exactly. Uh, as far, well, the, these MPs' wages, I'll come on to the football ones in a minute, but the MPs' wages, it's all right, you know, they're saying, well, we, we give ourselves 11.5% that takes us up to 78,000 and this, that and the other. Right, OK, that's your wage. But then when you have a look at the expenses claims, they're over 100,000. Well, how does that work? Hang on, you're getting paid 78,000 to do that job. What's the, all these expenses for? Now, going on to football, we were hoping, me and you, and we've, we've said it for years and years, I mean, Ronaldo, yeah, he only costs £25 million. I think he's a great buy at that. But he's on 500000 tax paid, and that's what he were on at Juventus as well. Right? It's absolutely shocking that people, nurses, consultants, but going back to the NHS, it's about time they started chopping some of them top people that don't do anything... It's all them on the shop floor that are doing all the air grab. It's overloaded with managers of this and managers of that that are getting fortunes paid for and the poor nurses and doctors and this, that and the other and, and carers that are really good people, they're, they're getting a pittance. It's an absolute disgrace. The world's turning it on its head. It's ridiculous. Well, I think this has been a disgrace for many years, you see, and I think that this is yeah. where I, I'm more comfortable with dare we call it the Great Reset. Uh, I keep re referring to this because if you go to Agenda 2030 on any government website, they tell you they are trying to reset lots of things. And it never did make sense that a footballer can earn that sort of money. And I think that if you were a, a communist and you were sort of looking at what's going on, you'd be having a little chuckle to yourself because now you can see that there is part of uh, the communist thing which does make sense the other part of course is that it doesn't make sense when you think that there's so many people that just put the hand out and expect you and i and everybody else to work for it and give it to them so i think exactly. i think you know exactly. I, I think there are things that that need resetting but it's how you go about it isn't it well i mean the, the football wages i'm not being funny but if you the players, they used to have a player's cap, a wages cap. Now, you know, it's going to, it's just going from way beyond, you know, lads playing on a Sunday and they get picked up by a scout and then they go and have trials at United, the City, or Liverpool, or Everton, wherever, and then they get a, a job and it were a decent paying job and it were a shorter, it were a shorter career. We get that, but these, the the the, the wages they they sending out now is absolutely just unjust for what happens well as i say uh, i i the only thing i can make sense out of this is that it politically suits certain people for people to be rowing about things and being annoyed about things and eventually the bubble might burst and of course while all this stuff has been going on in the background you know the football has come uh, to, to make sure that everybody's got something to occupy their brains but I do feel that there's an awful lot wrong that I don't like and I'd love to see more equality and more fairness um, certainly where you have people whose lives are about looking after other people they do deserve far more money than somebody who sits behind a desk pushing buttons and just making themselves a lot of money because they just happen to come up with the right ideas at the right time you know um yeah okay well i'll go to the second story i want to discuss with you and this is boris johnson has been accused of having completely lost the plastic plot 
And this is after telling school children that recycling doesn't work as a means to ease the climate crisis. The Recycling Association reacted with astonishment at the Prime Minister's remarks during a Downing Street press conference for pupils saying they were very disappointing. Number 10 had to tell the, pu the public to continue recycling after Mr Johnson said recycling isn't the answer and stressed the need to reduce the amount of plastic that is used. The Prime Minister said it doesn't begin to address the problem. You can only recycle plastic a couple of times, really. What you've got to do is stop the production of plastic. And I think exactly. he's got a very, very valid point. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Exactly. Go buy some brown paper bags. You know, all these plastic, everything you get now is all plastic and everything. I mean, all these, uh, you know, the, all these, we, we want to save the world. You should have thought about this, right? Years ago, all, all cars, uh, uh, milk vans and bread vans, they were all electric then, right? But then all of a sudden, no, we go on to diesel and petrol, but everybody got it in paper wrapping. You know, all the shopping, all brown paper bags that you could reuse all the time. Now, everything's just plastic, 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 and it's filling up the oceans and God knows what. I get, we've got to get rid of it, but don't keep producing more. Find a way of going back to normal stuff. But then they'll mourn that you've got to cut trees down for paper. Or, well, or, or, you can't, you know, you can't do everything. Or find other ways of producing something that can hold what we need. And I think hemp was always something that's come to the front. I'm looking yeah. at Molly's comment from Colchester. If you watched Panorama tonight, you'd know exactly what he meant. Recycling should work. People should not litter. But it is cheaper to produce new plastic than to recycle. We need more recycling to drive down the price. So, really, the, the Prime Minister is, I mean, he gives the impression that he's stupid at times. But many times he does say the right things, but maybe not in the right way. And he is right, because, I mean, if you looked at those bottles that are produced every single day, um, your Coca-Colas and all that sort of stuff, then obviously um, you can't just keep going and making those stuff and then expecting a small amount of recycling. I mean, it's like I go across to our little area where you've got to recycle stuff. I go through the motions and I always try and recycle into the right areas. But then I noticed one night late on, what what did they do? Where we've all spent a lot of time, you know, s separating everything, they put it all into the same stuff. They they just... <laughs> oh, yeah. They put it all into the same wagon and, and took it away. And that's what I'm saying. When it becomes more expensive to recycle plastic than it is to make it, people are not going to recycle it, are they? You I know, it's, it's an absolute nonsense. So I think in that respect, uh, the Prime Minister has got that one right. Um, now, there's uh, another one here which is sort of associated, and this is the environmental campaigners. And they've said it beggars belief that MPs voted against amending a bill to stop water companies dumping raw sewage into Britain's rivers. This is amid concerns for swimmers yeah. on coasts. Locals at beauty spots along yeah. the south coast savaged Tory politicians who voted down an amendment to the Environment Bill, which would have introduced a legal duty on water firms not to pump sewage into rivers. 
the group and I w w was sort of um, well aware of some of these people that were in this group surfers against sewage which was down in St Agnes in Cornwall where it started um, they've highlighted 20 beaches along the Sussex and Hampshire coast which it claims are polluted including Hastings, Bognor Regis, Saltine, uh, Shanklin on the Isle of Wight surfers against sewage uh, then produce this map and they show you um, where these things are really, really bad. And I've got to say, I used to walk on the cliffs in Cornwall and you'd walk along and you'd see this sewage and you'd think, gosh, yeah. that, you know, that really looks horrible. You don't want to go anywhere near it. Again, I mean, when you yeah. look at it, Neil, it's these companies, isn't it, working for the shareholders. And that's where I think the yeah. the capitalist system needs to take a good look at itself. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. I, I remember when I used to go on holiday uh, to Abergelly, you know, in Wales, right? They were a big uh, concrete tunnel. And if, if they'd had heavy rain, that was when they, they were allowed to let all the sewage go into the sea and, and I'm going swimming in it. You know what I mean? It would be like, hang on a minute here. But I thought years ago, all these water companies had to make sure that it didn't reach to that anymore to that. It had to be, you know, diluted into, you know, near enough drinking water. Well, but I've got a comment. See, it's still happening now. It, uh, but everything across all the world, all these people, all they're after is making more profit, more profit and more profit. Absolutely. All the time. Never mind anybody's health or anything else. Well, I'm reading, uh, uh, this is a comment from uh, the United Kingdom, raise the drawbridge, flood the tunnel. Most water companies bar southern water are extremely strict and adhere to their permits. Unfortunately, during heavy rain, weather events where we can have a, a month's rainfall in under 24 hours, the sewerage network will become hydraulically pressurised and in order not to uh, or to not flood out all over the streets and within people's homes, there are combined sewer overflows which legally allow the system to discharge into watercourses and the sea. This has gone on for decades, and you can't blame the water companies yeah. who manage and maintain the network of pipes when more and more houseworks, uh, houses are being built, uh, further taxing an already overworked system. Good point, that, I've got to say, because, um, yeah. you, you know... Uh, you know, they just keep saying, you know, all these people are coming in, build more houses. And we had this down in the southwest a lot where you could see quite clearly they shouldn't be building more houses. Not till, as you see here, they put the infrastructure in fairly early, don't they, on in the process. Yeah, well, yeah they do the roads and the lighting before a brick's even laid. But that, that's, the, as you say... And they keep letting them build on floodplains. All these a lot of houses now are being built on floodplains, but they don't even dig out all the, all the trenches. And they don't. Are, uh, are you still there for a minute, Neil? Oh, hang You're on. There, and then everywhere's getting flooded. You know, it's a nonsense. Yeah, I mean, the the thing for me is that uh, the, the problem f f has got to always be. If you were working for shareholders, then sometimes um, you can clearly see they vote just to make the money rather than to make the sense of what needs to be done, correct it. Maybe for a couple of years they don't make their, um, their shares pay uh, dividends, but 
that needs to be done to, to solve the problem. And if they don't do that, the problem never gets solved and all you then have is the problem, isn't it? Exactly. Just to let you know, it started bouncing down here in Pollock. Well, bouncing down. Just started now. I, I'm looking over. The, the mountains look as if they are tipping out now. Uh, so, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, OK, <laughs> so uh, going back to this business of shares and shareholders, I can understand everybody wants to make a few bob here or there. But, I mean, that's always been a bone of contention for me. If you've got somebody who obviously uh, has a problem in say, the water, the electricity or anything like that, why should they be making money uh, when they are not really serving purposes? That's what I can't understand. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. If you get somebody in to do a job in your house, yeah, and whether it's decorating or plumbing or plastering or whatever, if they do a bad job, you go, whoa, you don't think I'm paying you for that, do you? No, well, well, no like, thank you. Well, exactly, but it doesn't... So even... if you're not providing the service, don't keep charging people more and more and more for that service when it is not being delivered. Yeah, absolutely. OK, well, we'll go to another point now. Um, in... OK, so I'll look next at um, another couple of things. Uh, just breaking, by the way, uh, the former Scotland and Rangers manager, Walter Smith, has died so that's a bit I've of a just seen it, yeah, 73, yeah. 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 What a, hey, what a good he was a good guy. You know, a lot of the old managers, they were proper managers. They managed men, you know, uh, you know, in the football. And, and the guys no, no, they flip from one job to another, one job to another all the way. Good Gooden's like him, you know, and Shankly and all the other good managers, Busby's and all them. They were proper gentlemen. Yeah. No, nah, it's just, yeah, I get a sack, I get another job. Same with many of the players, isn't it? I think that's the problem, isn't it? You know, yeah. it, it's the loyalty, well, isn't it? That, what we're talking about, the first uh, United players, they're all individuals. They all think they're all superstars. They don't play as a team. Yeah. You know that if you can have not the top players, but, the, you know, mediocre or good players, right? If they play together... They turn it well. Look at Leicester the other year. They, t they played as a team. No, these lot just plays all individually. It's okay. A police officer who left a man's face covered in blood after he stamped him to the ground during an arrest has been cleared of any wrongdoing. Now you 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 couldn't really write that and feel that that's going to be true. Um, but uh, the police officer's conduct was reviewed after he was caught on camera. Um, Booting an old man in the back as he lay on the ground. This is in Stevenage, Hertfordshire. So, you know, not the place where you'd expect this other stuff, but it's everywhere. A video of the arrest has since uh, circulated online, and the town's MPs said that he was shocked and deeply disturbed by the incident, which happened on October the 19th. Today, Hertfordshire police said that uh, its officer's conduct was appropriate in the circumstances after a review by its professional standards department. Footage of the arrest, filmed by Andy Simons, 36, from Welwyn Garden City, shows the man, aged 60, left with a bloody face after his head hit the cement due to the officer kicking him in the back. It begins with two male officers and a female officer trying to restrain the man on the ground before they get 
off him and one of the male officers draws his taser on the man. The man gets to his feet and steps towards the police officer with his arms outstretched, is immediately tasered, causing him to drop to the ground. The police officer says, right, you've been tasered, mate. And then Hertfordshire Police said the video of the arrest shows only part of what happened. Well, I think you can see that. Uh, you could see that one coming anyway. But uh, a force spokesman said prior to the arrest of the male, numerous attempts had been made to communicate and pacify him without resorting to force. These were ineffective and the man continued to behave aggressively. Now, I did see this video. And you know yeah. when you've got somebody in front of you who's kneeling to get up and so he doesn't know where you are and to actually put your foot forcefully in the middle of his back like a karate kick um, is quite dangerous in actual fact. So how the police can actually say that that is um, acceptable... I don't really understand. I'm a fan of the police in a normal sense. I normally see the police doing a difficult job. I'm not very happy with that because it didn't look as if it was necessary to have that force. Um, unless, of course, even the bit that we can see doesn't really give us enough information. But it didn't look to me as if it was necessary. OK, um, your comments, what do you think? Well, I mean, I'm not being funny. If the police are coming to arrest me, right, with either a taser or a baton or whatever, I'm going to go, right, fine, right, arrest me and then let me know what it's all about, right? But you get these, that they go and then they start getting aggressive and then when the police start using a bit of force, then it, it gets them more and more and more agitated and then they think they're 10 men and they got, all they want to do is come and, and charge at police. I've not seen this video, so I can't really comment on that one. Yeah. But I've seen it before. When, down in Benidorm, when people are moving, a, a, two or three lads, are, right, lads, you've got to go that way. You can't come through this way. Then all of a sudden, who are you telling where I could? You know what I mean? And, it come, and then, they all, then they start becoming more aggressive. And then all of a sudden, when the police have to use the force, there's all hell let loose. Oh, it's pro police cruelty. But as I say, I don't, I've not seen this video. But I know that sometimes I wouldn't have that job for a gold pig. No. No way would I have a joint police. Got the have to go through spitting at, spitting at you. Whoa, that's a no-no, you know. Yeah. And, and, and coming aggressive and no. Yeah. Uh, and it I must say, be... I can't really comment too much on this one because I've not seen the video. Well, it's difficult because the video that I could see clearly showed to me that it was inappropriate uh, for what the policeman did. But that was only... Like anything, if you take a, a small snapshot of a video or something that you don't see the whole lot, it's easy to not yeah, get it edit right. It, edit it down. Yeah. You know, edit it down because you might have cut a piece out where he's rampaging at the police or this, that and the other. That's the other thing. When they edit things, it looks like, whoa, hang on a minute, he's not done anything. But about five minutes before, he might have been like a raving lunatic. You know. Yeah. OK, well, now we go to a father of two, and I'm pretty sure that you'll know where this is going to really get up our noses. Uh, father of two, GP. So we've got a GP, somebody doing a very responsible job, blamed a stressful day at work for drinking vodka and crashing into a traffic island in Wales during a 20-minute journey home from his surgery while more than twice the drink-drive limit. This is, you probably guessed what I'm going to say, Niraj Singh, yeah. 
48 veered across yeah. the road, hit a curb twice as he was being followed by police on a commute from Forest View Medical Centre in Triorchi Ronda back to his home near Cardiff. This was October the 4th. The GP of 15 years, so OK, he's been in the job for a good long time now, banned from driving for three years at Merthyr Tidfil, um, and the court heard that Singh was around halfway through the journey when he crashed into a traffic island, causing his tyre to burst in Hopkinstown. A bro- roadside breath test subsequently revealed he had 96 micrograms of alcohol in 100 millilitres of breath, nearly three times the legal limit. Now, um, I'm the first to accept that they do a very difficult job. Ha- I've got to say also, a lot of them didn't do much work at all by the sound of things during the pandemic. But that's too general yeah. a comment. And my first general comment is more important. They do a very difficult job. But I don't think that because you're a, a GP, it gives you the right. In fact, it gives you totally the opposite to the right to start taking alcohol because you know exactly what's going to happen. You know, because you have studied medicine, that if you put alcohol into your body in that sort of uh, quantity, you're going to likely um, kill somebody, injure somebody or injure yourself. I really don't feel that, um, you know, even that is not really uh, hugely detrimental, is it? It doesn't deter that much, does it? No, but I mean, I'm not being funny, but... I'm against drunk driving anyway, you know. I, you know, I go out, I go out for a drink and 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 whatever. But Ailey hardly hardly drinks, so you know, I drive there, she drives back. Yeah. But drink driving, you you know, I mean, when I when I was younger and you know I was playing football, as you know, when you went another drink with lads, all of a sudden, if, if you found yourself, you know, drunk, it was like, oh, hang on a minute, you're going to take that chance, but. Once, every now and again, bang. But when you go to a doctor, they always ask you, are you still smoking and are you still drinking? No. If we ask them the same question, it would be no. But this proves different. And doctors were well known at one time, weren't they? We could smell brandy on the breath or whatever while they were examining you years ago. I think think I'm right in saying that uh, I think sheep farmers... Don't, no joking on this one, but, you know, sheep farmers because of the isolation and doctors because of the fact they've got people coming to them all the time with their problems are two probably the highest um, groups of people committing suicide. Um, so I do know yeah. uh, that I remember once when I was doing me, I was doing me finals, actually, and I, I was a bit stressed and I'd had stress earlier in my life. I went to see the doctor, and uh, when I went in to see him, um, he, he said to me, what have you come to see me for? And his hand was shaking. And I said, uh, I, I think maybe I should be listening to what you want to tell me. I said, because you've obviously got more problems than I've got. And um, he looked at me, and uh, it turned out later that the guy was an alcoholic. I mean, I could spot that. Yeah. I had no knowledge of it. And, you know, really, it's um, it's difficult because obviously... You know, they, they they do have things that worry them. However, I don't think yeah. they, they, they don't think the answer is uh, to let them off with something. You know, I know maybe a three year ban. Maybe is it is it not letting them off? I don't know. Is that sufficient? I don't know. Um, we'll go to a side. Well, Sorry. In, in, go on. No, no. In, you, you, in you, his position. 
you won't, you won't, you know, you won't think three years would be bad enough. But what I'm saying is, we all have stress. But you don't start drinking at work when you're working with, with people and this, that and the other, when you could cause them damage as well. Wait till you get home if you've got the stress and you need a drink. Have it at home, you yeah. know. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Um, asylum seekers who posed as children, I'll just go over that, they posed as children, won a high court yeah, battle with, with a council for leaving them in adult accommodation despite them both now being ruled as being over 24. They were among three males who arrived in the UK in August and September last year and all placed in the Holiday Inn in Wembley. The Home Office decided to house the trio into the hotel, which was then designated for adults, and had around 180 others already there. Two were from Afghanistan, one from Sudan, and... uh, believe that they were all from uh, they were all over 25 but later all three who arrived at different times and did not know each other contacted Brent Council saying they were children and it agreed they should all have age assessments and today the High Court Judge Justice Poole uh, ruled the council had acted unlawfully because it did not treat them as minors from that moment he said because it had agreed they should be a age assessed, it triggered statutory guidance that meant they should be treated as minors until the test came back. This is despite the age <laughs> assessments later ruling one of the Afghan migrants was 24 and the, Af- and the Sudan refugee was 25 and the other Afghan national was a child aged just 16. It's funny, isn't it? I don't think of a child as 16. I think that as 16, a teenager. No. You want to try teaching these guys in a, in a school, you'd soon understand what I meant. Um, but, I mean, yeah. uh, there's a message here, well, a comment here. Yeah. How many times have we spoke about this and we see them coming on these boats, right, and they're supposed to be children, yeah? They've all got beards, phones, brand-new tracksuits on, this, that and the other, but no papers. Isn't it funny? They can lose all the papers, but they, can't, they, they don't lose the, the phones, the cigs, the, the tracksuits, all that lot. It's an absolute disgrace at UK at the moment. Well, things need to be stamped on and stopped immediately. Here's uh, uh, Pink Rush from Poole says, Mad, they break the law by entering our country illegally, but they get rewarded. Yeah. And who paid for the lawyers yeah. in the first place? Oh, silly me, that will be us, the British taxpayer, made mm. mugs of yet again. He's yeah, absolutely, he's absolutely I right. I mean, you know, the thing is, I, I'm looking at... Um, the, the the news headlines and I'm trying to trying to find out how this is the same country that I paid all my taxes in. I'm looking now at exactly. today's headlines and uh, the RNLI, the Coast Guard and the Border Force launch urgent migrant rescue mission off the Essex coast. Search helicopter, plane and lifeboat, scan water for dinghy at Har- uh, Harwich. I mean, they don't do that when they know that they're coming over from the French side. They don't send the people out to yeah. stop them. What do you think it's all about? It's, well, to be honest, I want to know how many illegal immigrants that we've already got in country, but how many have we sent back? They've come through 11, 12 countries that are not war-torn, but they're saying they're coming from a war-torn country, but they're supposed to be sorted out at the first port of call. Not being passed through and through and through. I want to know how many 
and Priti Patel are better shape herself, right? How many are being sent back when they're illegal? They shouldn't be here. It's an absolute nonsense. These do-gooders are really getting on my nerves, and they're, they're probably on benefits anyway. Okay. We still pay the taxes for them. Neil, I'm not trying to be clever, but what do you think is really going on? Well, I don't. I haven't got a clip, to be honest. It's nothing like when I, you know, when I were brought up like that. I, I, I just, I can't. It's these these do-gooders, the far lefts, the far rights. They're all battling it. And and no, all the government, all the government sources are just saying, oh well, if we just keep it quiet, just put them in there for a bit. It'll quieten down. It'll quieten down. No, it won't quieten down because all you're doing is encouraging more. If you don't send any back then you're encouraging more to come over. And do you feel... And we're the ones who are paying for it all. And do you feel cross about it? Oh, what? <laughs> OK. Cross? I think it's a, that, that's a mild... OK, term. OK. Now, I'm, I am being sort of... I'm trying to guide you into a certain area now because every country has got something called Agenda 2030 on their government websites. And the trouble is, most people don't go and read it. And apparently, from a lot of what I've been looking at, the concept came from the European Union and uh, obviously other world leaders, which is basically that there aren't enough people to pay for the future pensions. So that is why they're trying to get these people coming in. And uh, this is pretty well uh, accepted as part of the government policy now. Otherwise, how could you possibly see so many people coming in day in day out and nothing is done about it and then being put into a hotel and then able to sort of speak English without being I mean th these people we've just been talking about they've only been a couple of days in England and they can put together a case against the the government I mean something is behind it and that is what I've read about it and that's what I would imagine is going on would that make a bit more sense yeah. to, to 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 the way I've outlined it? I mean, does does that make sense to you? Exactly. And yet, and yet, the people that have paid into it all their lives, all into government, yeah, right. They they're just being shoved aside now. Forget all oh, the 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 two old. They're all foggies now. Don't worry about it. They'll not they'll not cause a stink and this that, and the other. Well, it's about time we did start causing a stink. But the, this the, is this we, is. We, this is the, the great the pensions that these people are paid into is way, way above what they're getting. This is to do with the Great Reset. And as I say, yeah, yeah. The, tr the trouble is, you see, um, a lot of people like myself, we've been called all sorts of things because we don't believe the, the, the rubbish that we're being told. And, you know, it's not I don't want to be contentious. I don't want to disagree with people I, I mean really i'm quite happy to accept a lot of things that in the past um i've thought were questionable but when i then get directed by the government to go and read about it and understand it and then i go and see it the same in in on the spanish website that's when i start thinking to myself well a lot of people if they could only read this maybe They'll understand what the whole plan is about. And, you know, by all means, I think there's more going on because of what's come out of China and the Russian threat and everything. There's a huge danger for everybody at the moment. But I do think that really a lot of people just aren't reading the information that's there.
If if people are desperate and and to, yes, but you've got to put them through a process. You can't just put them up in four-star hotels and God knows what and giving them money and 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 giving them food. No, they need to go through the process. And if if they uh, if they if they pass all that, then we should help them out. I'm not. We pay more uh, overseas aid than anybody in the world, but. It's not. It's not good enough for them because it's not getting to them that need it. So then, this they force them to come back over to the UK. So you're paying for it really twice all the time. It's a nonsense. Okay, Neil, I'm going to leave this with the final headline for you to make a comment on. This is the eco mob are saying, "Don't use the M25 tomorrow." Insulate Britain issue warning to drivers and urge police to refuse to arrest them despite new nationwide injunction. Um, again, it would appear that there are people who are feeding this, fueling this problem that they're setting the government, making it more and more difficult to govern the country. Um, your thoughts on our last comment there? Well, anybody blocking people going to work, right, or going to hospital appointments or doctor's appointments or whatever, right, the minute they arrive there, the police should be there, throw them in the van, never mind going to the courts, put them in prison for a few days, and let's see where they go there. We've had another two two idiots climbing up a building this morning uh, because they don't want people to eat meat and they want to give um, more funding to plant-based foods. Hang on a minute. Don't give them the airtime and it, it, it won't matter. Stop giving them airtime. And people will just, nobody knows about it, and just clear them off. But yeah. that, anybody on there, I'd just drag them straight to the side of the road, put them in a van and take them off to prison. Neil. I'm have a few days in prison for calm down. You know that I tend not to eat meat now. I do not for a second yeah. try and talk to anybody because um, I'm trying to influence them because that's, that's just my decision. It's nothing to do with anybody else. Exactly. And what you eat, exactly. I want you to enjoy your meal. I want you to be healthy and I want you to be happy. I don't want to make life difficult for you. And um, my, my only thing for changing my diet was basically I don't really feel the need to eat as much meat. And I do feel a bit sorry for the way that the animals are treated. And I feel that I'm making my own little contribution to myself. Not to anybody else, not to any great movement, yeah. and you, you know. But you're I, not sho you're not shoving it down anybody else's throat, are you? By saying no. no, you shouldn't be eating this meat. You should be eating grass or whatever, or you know, or flowers or anything. No. Well, well, and I also I get it. and I also believe that um, throughout, uh, if people want to read the Bible and other uh, books, by all means, there's nothing that says you you should not eat meat. And I think, quite honestly, the only yeah. thing is. Show some sort of compassion to your animals when you kill them to eat them. That's all. That's the only thing that I feel. But, you know, that's exactly. it. Yeah. All right, Neil, we'll look at, and again, yeah. another very lively session. Um, lots to talk about. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, it just gets more and more difficult to understand. Um, the only problem is that, you know, every time you try to understand anything now, people try to make out that you're, sort of, you're an, act, an activist. And, you know, I'm not an activist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just somebody who's conf confused.com at the moment, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, well done for last week, your <laughs> lads. So we'll speak to you next week, probably then. 
I think you've got them next, haven't you? Or it's in the next couple of, uh, yeah, couple of no, weeks? It's, it's Tottenham. And then they play Atlanta. And then they play City at Old Trafford. So, there you go. Not a good time to be a cool. United manager, is it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Poor Ollie. Poor Ollie. All right, you look after yourself right. and I'll catch you soon. OK, Vince, speak to you soon. Thanks, Turn Neil. Bye-bye. You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coble. It's your calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK? Your calling. 